Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King, and this is the Downtown Writers Jam video podcast, which is part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Max and Dog and I are coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker. Very excited today. I'm going to move my mic for just a second because the t-shirt is important. The Regal Beagle from Three's Company. But it's important because today on the show, I have Alice Coltman. And her book, Dogtown, is out right now. And we spend a lot of time talking about dogs, even though the book is not about dogs. But there are dogs in the book. And you'll hear all about that during the interview. So Alice is a, first of all, she's wonderful. The conversation was fantastic. Such a lovely woman. And she is a short story writer, generally. Um, and she has written some kids' books as well. Dogtown is her first adult fiction novel, in which we talked a little bit about um, if you listen to the show and you've heard me interview short story writers, they always sort of reluctantly go into novel writing. And like one of my favorite writers, Shannon McLeod, she, Alice, has uh, done this in an interesting way. Um, she's written the story the way she wanted to. Her short stories have appeared all over the place. Hobart, Lost Balloon, The Pinch, Joyland, Volume 1, Brooklyn, lots of other places. She lives in New York, uh, Brooklyn, where every writer in America seems to live. Um, and they have a little place in Montauk, which is, I believe, where we had our conversation. And she not only writes, surfs, and plays with her dogs. So before we get to that interview, a little bit of business. And if you've been here, you know what's coming. So the jam comes out every Wednesday. That's our proper 60-minute long-form show. And the video podcast comes out Monday, Friday-ish, um, both on the podcast channel and on the Solid Listen Podcast Network YouTube channel. To help us spread the word, we need you to do two things. Tell your friends about us and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also head on over to our Facebook page, leave us a review there, or head to writersjam.com and leave us a testimonial through the website. While you're there, you can do a few things. Looking for a book to buy? Click on the bookshop link. Looking for a book recommendation? Click on the book reviews. If all of that is too much, sign up for our newsletter, and this shit will come right to your email box once a month. You can also support everybody on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Click on that Patreon button. And when you do, for just a couple bucks a month, you'll get commercial-free episodes, bonus content, all kinds of stuff from everybody across the network. Now, this was a fun conversation. Um, I like Alice. And it, we, it's a little more craft than normal. Actually, I think maybe like a third of this is about dogs. Um, and then some on craft because... I am really fascinated by short story people that try to move into novels. Not try, she did. Um, and, and the way in which those structures different and the way in which you try to explore questions and ideas. And, and in particular, the question that she asks in this book, or the one that she's exploring about fitting in and finding purpose and understanding identity are themes that have shown up a lot in the last month or two of the program. 
So I don't know. I don't know how I've ended up in that space, but like that's what's happening right now is maybe maybe that's something I'm in. And so that's how I gravitate to. But um, it's really interesting in the, in the way she chose to explore it and the sort of through line and the hook for how everything goes. It it reminds me very much of like 90s indie movies. There was a, uh, a movie called Go. Uh, there were all these movies about like it'd be an evening and you're sort of seeing everybody move through the night and they all have intersecting stories that may go through a location or one person. And that's sort of what's happening in the story is that they're interconnected in the sense of location and they're interconnected in the sense of what is happening with everybody. But it's a novel structure that maybe is a little different than what you're used to which I think is fantastic because everybody, every writer finds their voice and finds their sort of um, structure for what they're trying to do. So it was a lovely conversation and, and it's always fun for me to just get a glimpse in the lives of, of the writers and of the people and like what interests them. And I think you'll see very quickly based on who she is and, and how her life is and what she does for a job and, 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 and where they live, why these kinds of questions and why these kinds of stories come up. So I'm really excited for you guys to get to that. And I appreciate you stopping by the bunker, spend a little time with Max and I, he's lounging on his pillow. Uh, I hope that your day is going well. I hope that you're taking care of yourself and each other. And I hope that you will sit back and enjoy my conversation with Alex Kaltman in the next 30 minutes or so. I had dog. Well, I had dogs growing up my whole life, right? So I had, you know, a couple of dogs through my childhood, and then as an adult, in I lived in Manhattan, oh. and you know, so it was like, eh, you know, yeah. no way. I mean, it was always so kind of weird because that was like back in like the like eighties, and you'd see people with dogs in Manhattan. You you were like, what are you doing with the dog in the city? Yeah. And they poop all over the place, and nobody picked it up, and it sort of that that kind of changed. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, then what happened is like my my husband is an artist, and so we, you know, once we were together, we both loved dogs. I mean, he had dogs growing up. It was sort of like whenever we were around people's dogs, we'd always be like more focused on the dogs than them. Yeah. And but we, because of his studio situation, he was like, I, we can't have a dog because I dog the dog, oh. will, you know, mess stuff up, or I'll be the one who's always stuck walking the dog. Yeah, is he a painter or a sculpt? What does he do? He's a sculptor. Oh, so there's like stuff all over the place. Yeah. Exactly. But what happened was Ollie was abandoned in our front yard. Ugh. And so it was kind of like, you know, we tried to, you know, we did all sorts of searches to find, you know, who he might belong to. He wasn't chipped or anything. He was about 10 months old. And so we were both kind of like, because we now have a house with the yard. Yeah. And it's in Brooklyn, but for Brooklyn, it's very, it's like the, per, it's like the life a dog wants because we not only have our own little backyard, but our neighbors on both sides, we don't have any fences and they all love dogs. So we have like three back, like three consecutive backyards that he can like run around. In. So it's that really like, is perfect. And that's yeah. like, yeah. And then we have this little house out at the beach. And so he's got, you know, he's kind of got the best life like somebody knew when yeah. they dumped him in our front yard yeah. what kind of life he was gonna have we'll so. tell that story i think those people are terrible but we'll tell we'll go with your story <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a happier story it's i bought this house i'm out here in pittsburgh i 
I bought this house specifically because it's in the city, but it ha- like I live in like the only suburban neighborhood in the city. So it's, okay. it, it is sort of our version of Brooklyn. Like it's, you know, it's right by all the areas, but like I have a backyard that's fenced in and yeah. everybody in this neighborhood has a fenced in yard and probably 80% of the people have dogs. So you right. walk your dog and it's just like, oh, yeah. there's, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got two floors. So he runs up and down and out in the backyard and like, you know, yeah. like Pittsburgh is also weird. I don't know how much you know about it, but it's weird because it, it has, we have like s- s- multiple 700 acre parks in the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I can like, I'm five minutes away from two 700 acre parks. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's pretty yeah. good. Really? Well, I'm actually, Pittsburgh is on my, like, you know, my bucket list of places I really want to go. Cause I've always been fascinated with it, particularly since um, mysteries of Pittsburgh, the, Michael Shabin book. I was just so like, oh my God, this sounds so cool and the way he described it and the, and the kind of the hills and just, and then I know a bunch of people who live there now. I know you too. Yeah. Uh, actually the editor of my book um, of Dogtown lives in Pittsburgh. So yeah, so we are hoping to kind of organize some kind of reading thing maybe in the fall and come down there and do something, which would be really Well, cool. let me know. I have a ton of writer friends here and I know all the bookstores and stuff so we can help you out however we do it. That'd be great. I, that'd be great. Cause I really want to see, I, I've always thought like, it sounds like such a cool place to live and it does. It sounds very much like a kind of a Brooklyn-y kind of city. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. And it's five hours away. Like that's, there's so many people for like New Yorkers that are here because you can literally get on a mega bus for $12 and be down in the city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for a third of the price, maybe a quarter of the price. <laughs> yeah, totally. So tell me about Dogtown. Well, Dogtown, my book. <laughs> my t-shirt my yeah. you it um, is a house of artists i can see like we have all of the stuff actually, ready to go yeah i know this is actually my my publisher's idea so we got we got we, we got them for the launch and we also did something where people could if they ordered at the launch if they ordered more than two books they got a t-shirt also so it's like you know we're just nice. trying to do what we can yeah um, dogtown what's well, my first adult I guess adult meaning literary novel. I've written two other novels, but they're young adult novels. And um, it's a multi-character. So it's basically, um, there are, I always can't ever remember, it's five or six storylines that are all connected about people who live in this this town called town. It's like kind of a generic, (laughs) I'd say East Coast, mid-Atlantic, smallish suburb. Um, that's kind of close to a rural area, but also close to a city. So it's very sort of um, everywhereville or something. <laughs> um, and it's really about how these people's lives intersect. Um, they're all kind of lo- look searching for connection and kind of have their own foibles and sort of secrets. And um, the way that they're all connected is one of the main characters is a young, well, I guess she's a millennial, but she'd now be called a Gen X because you know she's in her like early 20s, I guess. Um, she's sort of this lost soul who goes around and basically starts stealing people's dogs because she thinks that they're being mistreated and she's a savior. And she has this sort of whole vision of creating this sort of dog sanctuary. Um, so she's kind of the hub without anyone else knowing she's the hub. Um, and so it's really, it, it sort of started from a short story I wrote about her. 
And um, when I was thinking about writing a novel, which I kind of resisted because I was really in short story writing. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this story before. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you just want to keep writing short stories. I guess I need to write a novel. Um, so I thought I will write about, the, I thought, what about the people she's stolen dogs from? Um, and so I sort of made up these storylines and connected them in through this short story that I'd written called Gifted and Talented, um, which I think it was in Hobart in 2014, I think it came out. So it's took a number of years to kind of craft the actual novel around, you know, that story. Yeah. It's a very, the book is written in very short sections, which was also my way of tricking myself into writing a novel because yeah. I, um, I really didn't want to. So I kept just writing forward each character line forward in short sections, um, which I do not recommend because <laughs> I've met lots of editing and going yeah. back into it because um, my two my two kid novels I did with outlines and a clear idea of start, middle, finish. This, I had no idea where it was going, so. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but I, I guess mean, it's- These things happen. It's, I, so I just interviewed um, a woman, actually, I've, I've known her for a couple of years, and she wrote a, a novella called Whimsy, but really, like, it was a novella that, it's a series of short stories that are, like, so there is a loose connection, but she likes short stories and novellas. And she was like, I'm just going to sort of make this a thing. Yeah. Like, exactly. That's going to be my thing. That's exactly what yeah. I did. Too. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it the traditional way or the way I've done it before, you know? Yeah. And it really did. I did almost my original idea and it didn't quite, work that way was to write a novel in flash in like flash fiction like so yeah. that each section could yeah. be its own story and there are a lot of sections that could be yeah but, that's know. the way her book is like this is i think this is i've heard this from people that write short stories right as you're there's sort of that mfa route where people are like oh i'm gonna craft this thing and then there's this other thing where it's like i'm gonna kind of make my own thing and i'm gonna do it the way i do it so let me ask, because one of the premises of the show is that everybody writes, writers are writers because they want to explore questions. And whether it's fiction or nonfiction, there's a thing, a question that you're just like, what the hell does this mean? And then you spend time dealing with that. So what was the question? Like, what was the thing do you think that sparked, oh, this area, these people, like this stuff? Well, part of it is I'm like sort of fascinated with suburbia <laughs> in a way. That was part of it um, as kind of, I grew up in suburbia in the like, you know, yeah. 
70s and just sort of the way that it's well, I mean it's suburbia is really like kind of where everywhere now but just this whole idea that there's these 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 towns where everyone has their separate kind of existence and you kind of know what's going on but you don't really know what's going on with your neighbors whereas probably like even in your like suburban Pittsburgh neighborhood in my Brooklyn neighborhood yeah you totally different know, right yeah, yeah. yeah. I know all of my neighbors, like we all talk, like we, the houses are this far away. Like, yeah. Totally kind of different experience. So I thought I wanted to write a book about people who are kind of, kind of on their own journey. um, And all are, and and all the characters are, are kind of are searching for, I mean, it's so, sounds so kind of corny, but they are all searching for meaning and connection in their lives. Some of them have had actual, concrete loss. One is a, a widower. Um, one is sort of questioning their gender. Um, one is recently divorced. Uh, one is the, you know, kind of like failed, kind of like aging movie star who's basically losing his career. Yeah. Uh, one is a, a novelist who's <laughs> right blocked. Yeah. So they're all kind of stuck and searching. So I kind of wanted these characters to somehow be within each other's sort of geographic area. Yeah. And like how, and again, they all love dogs. They all have dogs and they all then lose, lose their dogs. So it was more, is it, so it sounds like it's more about the question, like yourself, like it's the questioning of the self, right? Like it's the, and, and less about explore. I just interviewed Sergio Troncosa and uh, we were talking about, you know, his, his latest books, latest book and there is something about this idea i think that everybody always feels like an outsider i think everybody even if you're a white male christian whatever upper class like there is something about the human existence that always makes you feel like you do not fit in yeah yeah no i agree i agree i'm totally like i'm totally there i think like everything i've ever written for even even my kid books are about people who are just like you know, you're not, you don't quite fit in. And I think you're right. I think everybody feels that way, even though our culture doesn't like actually show that necessarily. It's like, you know, groups of girls hanging out together and guys like, you know, playing sports. And it's like, you know, every single one of those people is sort of like twisted up in their own psyche. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of marketing and stuff is all about like, if you do this, you'll be surrounded by people like you. Right. It's all about like, you'll have a family and a group and a thing. So it sounds a little bit like this is an exploration of like, eh, the bullshit of that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I like that. Like, I may use that as a quote. Yeah. Absolutely. You should. I mean, I'm just, I'm fascinated because I think that writers have to be like, I'm a super extrovert, but like, but some of that masks me observing things because I never feel like I fit in anywhere. So like my extroversion is about trying to see how things work. And then writing is trying to work out what just happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have some of that as you're like. Yeah, I'm pretty extroverted too. I'm sort of, you know, I, you know, my day job is I'm a psychotherapist. So I'm also like, kind of. <laughs> I don't use anybody's right. story in my work, but, but I'm sort of good with people. But there's always part of me that always has to have like I, I, I reach a saturation point and that's yeah. when I'm synthesizing like the information I've taken in both sort of personally and professionally. And then, yeah, it's all to me about for the, the writing is like processing like always like the darker side 
even though I wouldn't say I'm a, um, my, my work is considered pretty uh, like uplifting, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, even though it's kind of twisted. It's sure. like, it's like kind of acerbic and dark, but ultimately kind of like, you know, life affirming or something. I mean, I also think, I always tell people, I think that the human condition, the baseline is melancholy. I just feel like, you know, you're born and you're immediately dying. Everything you know is going to go away. And that makes those moments of joy so much greater. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's and I've had people say like, well, that's depressing. And I'm like, I think it would be really depressing to be happy all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's just, not, you know, I want to be sad that my dog is not going to be here. Like yeah. I and we the moments now mean something different than they did five years ago. They shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I don't, I feel like dark and acerbic is sort of the human condition. Right. Yeah. You can use that too. (laughs) So when you sit down to write, like as as you got done, like as you were sort of exploring those things, what do you, did you, this is sort of a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like what, what did you uncover about what you thought about that stuff? Like as you were exploring the question of fitting in and like, what does this mean? And what is identity? And like, did, were there things that you discovered through your characters that you're like, oh shit, this is really interesting. You know, I probably did, but I think I can't like identify exactly what they are now. But yeah. it's interesting because like people are always asking me like, you know, how is writing like being a therapist? And I've always thought like, you know, I mean, when I work as a therapist, if I'm talking to someone and we're exploring some, you know, kind of something that they need to work on, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking in myself, it's like, yeah, that's a good, that's something I should think about too. <laughs> so, you know, I think probably with all of these characters, whatever I made them go through and whatever their search and journey was and whatever they discover ultimately is, on some level, is it's something now- I kind of been doing myself right yeah. um finding a way towards myself so um i also know it happened a year ago or 18 months ago like whenever you finished the book like it's over <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those characters are kind of behind me now i'm thinking about the next ones <laughs> yeah it's sort of i mean it's a really interesting when you have a book coming out because it's like i mean i wrote i think i actually finished the first draft of this you know, five years ago, at least. Right. And then there was like a year or two of rewrites. And then there's the waiting to get a publisher. And then there's the year of working with the editor. So it's like, they're, they've been around, these characters have been around for a long time. Um, And now that I'm promoting the book, I'm much, I'm more in, in it with them again, too. And I'm, I mean, I love them all. And it's sort of like, people are always like, which one's your favorite character? And, you know, that's an unanswerable question. Yeah, it's really totally unanswered. The dogs. The dogs are your favorite characters. The dogs, definitely. Because <laughs> right. I, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm positive they each have their own personality, don't they? they definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that from the first 30 seconds when Ollie jumped on the couch. I'm like, oh, the dogs are not just placeholders in this book. Yeah, no, no. They actually kind of have their own personalities, and they also sort of have their own sort of like, like they, they, they're, they're not, there's not a lot of like character exploration. Sure, involved. sure definitely direct the action yeah as they do in real life exactly Exactly. we just had a party here at the house for the fourth of july and all anybody wanted to do was hang out with max yeah yeah Yeah. about half the meat i bought i think went into his stomach (laughs) (laughs) so uh the book is out now yes it is 
And we're going to end with this. So because you, sort of the other premise of the show is, is something that you touched on, which is why I hate the question that I asked, which is that the sort of art of writing the book that ends and then there's the publishing process and then you have this product and those are different things like you experience them differently right like one is sort of you're in it every day and one is sort of like revisiting a hometown like oh yeah that was nice but I don't really fit in there anymore so now that you've done the novel are you going to do that again or are you going to go back to the short stories <laughs> well I or yes you know, I have a short story collection, which I am, you know, kind of working on the final details of. So I've sort of been in short, like after I finished this, I was super into that. Um, <laughs> and I also recently finished like a um, kind of a chap book kind mm -hmm. of collection of very like almost flash fictions, which the, the, the story collection is um, it's it's tentatively called Almost Deadly, Almost Good. And it's based on the seven deadly sins and the seven heavenly virtues. So each story kind of has a sin or a virtue connected to it. And they're, they're linked. And then these, this um, shorter thing that I just sort of finished is also very sh based on short fiction. <laughs> and, but I think I've gotten those out of my system so that now I think I do need to sit down and I kind of have an idea for a new novel, um, which is sort of, which could be kind of cool but I, you know, I'm, I'm resisting it. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, let's do promotion of dog. I mean, whoever wants to do promotional work <laughs> for your book, I, nobody wants to do it. <laughs> so avoidant at like starting the new novel. Yeah. But I'm like, sure. I'll try to, you know, tweet about my book. Yeah. You know, I, I love really the should do it. I mean, it's a good thing that I'm doing it. It's great that I'm doing this with you, but it's sort of like, I really should be right. Yeah. No, I, I 100%. I think it's funny that you went to flash fiction. Like, what's the shortest possible fiction I can do? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and spend some time there. <laughs> it's the most writer shit in the whole world. <laughs> but, you know, everybody has their voice and their space and, like, where they're at. And, like, you know, I was I was working with a, a, a writer the other day, and she was doing this thing, and it wasn't working. I'm like, if it's not working, that's not where your voice is. Like, don't, yeah. like, you're going to, you can probably do it because you're talented, but, like, why 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 yeah. I, yeah no i know and i i also feel like because i love i love reading short fiction and i love to write it there's something to be also when i first started i wrote the two kid novels before i wrote my short story collection staggerwing and i never thought i could write a short story i just felt like that is such a talent to be able to in yeah. a this way grab people say something make it meaningful and so to me it's like even though it takes less time than writing a novel it's so gratifying i feel yeah. so i mean i honestly if i get like a short story published in a journal that i respect and like and admire and you know basically you shouldn't like submit to any that you don't to me it's almost as exciting i hate to say as getting a publishing deal sure. I'm like it's just it, to me it's it's such a um achievement to write a short story that people want to read. <laughs> well, and particularly because journal publishing is super hard, particularly in the in the ones that people. I mean, it's if, you, I, if you're not a writer, you don't know. It's it's like hitting a lottery. So yeah, you should be excited. And also, short stories are so they're both austere, but also not because every word and sentence matters in a way that it's different than in. Uh, and so you have to both like strip it down, but also make it be 
big and puffy. And like, that's, I don't know how to really, I, I can't edit short stories. I can edit books and magazine pieces, but yeah. like something short, I'm like, I don't know, take all this out. Or like, I need 4,000 more words. What's, yeah. what's here. <laughs> yeah. So that's a talent. So you should absolutely be excited when you get those as excited. Yeah. Um, right. And they pay about the same. So that works out. <laughs> well, Alice, thank you so much for taking a little time. I hope you and Ollie and your family enjoy the beach. Um, if the, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to picking this up and reading it. Great. Well, thank you so much, Brad. This is really fun. Yeah, it is. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. All right, you bye. Too. Well, there you have it. That was Alex Kaltman. Her book, Dogtown, is out right now. Before we get out of here, just a couple reminders. If you like what you heard, do us those two favors we talked about at the top of the show. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. While you're at it, don't forget to check out all the other programs on the Solid Listen Podcast Network, including the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast with host and our Solid Listen Podcast queen, Molly McLear. Don't forget, we have these video podcasts coming out about every Monday and Friday. You can always find them on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. Or you can catch the audio version wherever you listen to the Downtown Riders Jam. Speaking of, the jam is out every Wednesday, so make sure you get yourself subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at the Riders Jam. Until the next time, I will see you around the internet. A well-told story has the power to transport you to places you've never been. And if you enjoy books and travel, you are going to love our podcast, Strong Sense of Place. I'm Mel. And I'm Dave. Every two weeks, we get curious about one destination and discuss five great books that took us there on the page. We start with an overview of what makes that place different than anywhere else on Earth. And then we tackle a round of two truths and a lie to explore stories behind that place. But the heart of our show is our book recommendations. We share why we love each title with no spoilers. Take an imaginary trek with us through Iceland, sip Uzo in Athens, or virtually ride the rails on an epic train adventure. Strong Sense of Place was featured in Apple's Top 10 Podcasts for the Arts. If you love books and travel, come along with us. Listen to Strong Sense of Place on your favorite app or visit us at strongsenseofplace.com.